Greetings, my creative friends, and welcome to another episode of RTAF Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Norris, like I always am, I suppose. going to make this intro short and sweet. We have Logan Walden on the podcast this week. Logan's a painter. He lives near Cincinnati, Ohio. He came out this weekend to uh, hang out, and we made a collaboration. And we talk about a lot of things in this one. Logan's story from being in the film industry in L.A. to a pivotal decision on whether to stay or go back to Ohio to become a painter. And we also get real silly and goofy. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to do all the likes, subscribing, rate, reviewing, song and dance if you're feeling it. And gotta give a big shout out to C.T. Nelson, the legend. Thank you so much, brother, for subscribing to the Patreon. If you'd like to subscribe to the Patreon, head on over to patreon.com slash RTAF podcast. It's interesting. I talked to someone this weekend. They did not know what Patreon was. So if you don't know what that is, it's uh, basically like a subscription service for creators to kind of have a more steady monthly income and it is difficult to balance this podcast with staying productive as an artist so i appreciate all the help i get from my patrons and even if you're just listening to this podcast it helps a lot so spread the word if you can Uh, it was really nice to see a lot of people out this weekend once again at the Thereda group show shouts to that shouts to peter westerman for throwing a great show much love guys let's get right into it here is logan walden That's why we have headphones. Oh, you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Logan, what did you have for breakfast today? We had a um, breakfast burrito that was heated up at a coffee shop. I want to remind you that this is a polygraph test. I I remember. Mm, okay. Okay. Um. I don't know what is it weird. I, this is I don't know what a polygraph test is. I do, but it's a every, lie, lie detector. Oh, it has like many graphs measuring a lot of things. I think like um, uh, your heart rate, which is uh, which is going up right now. How do you know? I got the polygraph app. app. I have the polygraph yeah, app. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. You just go to the app. Is store. it free? You getting ads? No, I'm not getting ads, but I think it's I think it's 99 cents a month. Do you get the? You I know, can't commit to that. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I always get much. those ghost charges. I'm like 99 cents a month, and then I look at my home screen on my phone, and it's just littered with apps that I never use. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I swipe around furiously to find Spotify. It's crazy. I got like, way too it? much noise. Yeah. Most of it's stuff that I'm trying to figure out how to edit a video on my phone with, and it's... There's nothing good. It's not, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Unless you pay like $30, which yeah. I just paid for t- three joints, so <laughs> <laughs> priorities. You know? let's, be, let's be honest. 
36. It was 36. If you're rounding up, I, pay, I got a lighter and some oh, zigzags okay, as well. Okay, okay, so. okay. Gotcha. So wait, you got papers and you paid for joints? Well, you said you had weed, so I wanted to smoke more than three joints for uh, less than for a week. $50. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For, I'm in Colorado. Well, you know, you could have just gotten... <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if you had gone to the weed store just to get papers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Colorado. <laughs> I'm going to go buy papers. Yes. That's what you do when you go to Colorado. You go buy some zigzags from the dispensary. No one looks at you funny. And it's totally fine. Yeah. Everything's great. Well, welcome to Colorado, Logan. Thanks for coming on my podcast. Glad to be here. and Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um. Have you ever done a podcast before? I did one. It was like over Zoom. And when I listened back on it, I hated how I sounded. So I hope this goes better. Well, you can hear yourself now. So you can kind of like self, yeah. self-edit, self-censor. Yeah, I'll just keep inflicting my voice differently and see how that goes. Yeah, so far so good. I think that that's pretty good. I'm just playing around. Now I'll, I'll, find, my, I'll find it. Find your flow. Yeah. We'll yeah, get man. There. No, but I, yeah, this stuff makes me nervous. I'm always really nervous about this kind of stuff. So, how's this green screen make you feel? Um, I hadn't given it thought. I like green. I have green eyes, so I think it's oh shit. So yeah, if you look if at I the face camera, just make uh, me look like Storm from X Men or something. I will. Oh man, some somebody's texting me. Rude. Um. Anyway. Welcome to RTAF again. <laughs> I'd like to welcome you again. Are we starting for real now? Or are we... eh. All right. No, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? So we've got uh, we got Mike Dempsey in the house. Yo, Mike. He's my... Um... Hey. Oh, nice. He's my producer for now. Um... For now? Well, okay. You know, this is sweat equity. Dude. And I want to... I can't pay you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, till death do us part. That was an en- that was an engagement ring. We haven't actually been. Uh... Oh, yeah. As a promise for a promise. Promise ring. Promise. I'll promise something later. In that that burnt <laughs> CD I made you of emo music. That means a lot. On but cassette. I mean... On cassette tape. No, it was a burnt CD. Oh, you said that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's all right. You're new. <laughs> it's cool. I'll, I'll cut you some slack. Um. Wow, synchronicity. I just looked down. We're four minutes and 32 seconds in. That's the same frequency that will enlighten you. 432. Oh. Right, Mike? Oh. I'm checking with my producer. Yep. Yep, checks out. Nice. All right. Okay. What do you mean by that? I think, that... I think now we'll start. Oh, the 432 thing? Yeah. Um, frequency. Like I'd say like maybe seven or eight years ago, there were um, some people who were claiming that like you know, the normal bit rate for like, what was it? It's like either 44,100 or like 441,000 bit rate is like, it doesn't go naturally with like the human ear. And so when you hear music made at that, uh, bit rate, it, um, it messes you up or something. Huh. And so 432 was thought, um, by those people to be, uh, more, I don't know. Heady. Is that the whole like uh, Tibetan singing bowl thing? You think? I think maybe. Yeah. Let's just say it. 
sure. Oh, you're one. I'm three. Okay, wait. Wait. Because I'm, I'm kind of not hearing myself here. We might have to cut this whole thing. Great. I, it was a warm-up because... Okay, good. Oh, yeah, I sound a lot better now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to turn you down just a little bit. Is that all right? Sure. Wait, no way. <laughs> okay, you're one. And uh, here we go. Okay, am I getting louder? There we are. There's Papa. There he is. I have cotton mouth. Daddy's home. Another synchronicity. I looked down 617. That's my birthday. Oh, my God. Dude, you were just bringing in the... Yeah, the good weather and all the mm-hmm. synchronicities. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to be out here? Yeah, I am. Uh, well, yeah, tell me what you're up to, and then we can we can talk about, like, um, and for real, and we can talk about, like, your backstory and all that fun stuff. Okay. I, I got some questions for you. Don't worry. Okay. We're not just going to be <laughs> floating in the mist this whole time. All right. Yeah, uh... I'm excited to be out here. It's, um, you know, where are you from? I'm from Ohio. I'm from, I was raised in the country North of Cincinnati. So, um, came back, I went to Florida for school and then lived in LA for five years and then moved back to Cincinnati and I've been back in Ohio for nine years, nine years, Yeah, nine, nine really fast years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, 2012 was when I moved back and that's when I, that's when I put my foot on the ground. I was like, I'm doing art for real. You this finally time. chose something to do. Yeah. 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 I was, I'm tapping the table. That's all I'm doing the thing. It gives us some nice bass. I'm going to do it when I need emphasis on something. Nice. So anyways, I, I was, def- I think a lot of artists relate to that where like you, you're just a creative person and you're young and you don't know exactly what your medium is yet, but totally. you want to do it all. Yeah. So I did that for a long time and uh, spent a lot of money at school to do film. So I have an associate's degree for film, the sci- oh. for science of film. Oh, so nice. So how are we doing with our little setup here? Um, the lighting's good. I, we got a green screen. Mm-hmm. It's been it's a awesome. long time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm assuming that camera is doing what you need it to do, and it's got a good, you got us framed up all good over there, Mike. Yeah. Ooh, there we go. Okay, I see what was wrong now. Audio, pretty bad, though. Pretty bad. Yeah, so well, I didn't specialize in audio. I was... That's my fault, everyone. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us um, these first eight minutes. You know, when you're making a movie for all you uh, independent filmmakers out there... Uh, we got tons listening. Three, <laughs> three, the, three, <laughs> the three most important things are the script... Wait, so there's probably more than three. It's script... Uh, acting, acting, and then the audio comes before the camera. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that because you can have a shitty image, but if the audio is good, at least you can kind of tell what's going on. You yeah, have a yeah. good image, you can't hear anything. It's like, what it's are like we a doing? silent movie. What are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're you're right. You got to get the audio right. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, full <laughs> circling back to the original question, um, I'm yeah. in Ohio. Uh, right now I am, I have a studio and I'm kind of floating between homes right now. I'm in between spaces, mm-hmm. um, kind of just taking some time to explore. So I was in Florida, um, last month for a couple weeks and, uh, I'm here now and I'll be in Maine for a week next week. And then, um, 
might be going to Texas to collaborate with an artist. Nice. Um, That's what we're doing here, you and me. Yeah. Collabbing. We're collabbing. You know what? I think um, probably in, in post, is that what they say? In post? Yeah. yeah. Malone? Put, yeah, in post Malone, I'm going to put um, our collab. Oh, nice. I'm touching yeah. it right now. <laughs> right? I did this part and that part <laughs> and this over here. All this is me. Except for right, I did that yeah. one right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That'll be great. I hope it turns out good so this is all worth it. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, yeah, we're collabing, and there's the 3 Spring Expansion Show this weekend, which you're a part of. Yep. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited about that because um, it's I'm, I bring, wherever I go and the art that I do and the people I meet, I try to bring that back to my Midwest fam, my art tribe back in Hamilton, Ohio. Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> You know, when I moved back to Ohio in 2012, I didn't expect to see any sort of like this quote unquote visionary art scene there. Um, I thought it was only on the West Coast, um, but it's been it's been a uh, a growing child for a while. And yeah. it's it's very it's it's there. It's in Hamilton. It's it's uh it's it's more prevalent than I thought it would be. That's cool. Growing up like healthy and getting a good education. No, I can't say I had a good education. <laughs> oh, you're talking about, I'm talking about my, metaphor. The, the visionary art baby I just mentioned. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh <laughs> I I bring back homeschooling for it. It doesn't really have a good education yet. Yeah. Um but you're kind of like a surrogate father. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh what is that school that you go to to specialize in stuff? Um uh, Montessori school. Montessori, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like that kind you, of vibe. You're putting it in Montessori? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, Let it, just it do what it wants. It just, it'll be forced through the bureaucratic fine art world otherwise, and right. you just can't have that. Yeah. You've got to, you know, introduce out, outer realms and concepts and visions into the abstract, minimal art scene. Yeah, yeah. That upsets me so much. Yeah, yeah. So, did you go to art school at all? Or, like, did you study anything in school? Uh, uh, no. I went to film school. Right, um, right, But I did have art class in high school, so that, okay. that counts. Nice. Me too. Nice. Yeah. It's <laughs> my favorite class. I goofed off in there so much. Really? Yeah. You have you ever heard like of a did... spitball? Oh, yeah. That yeah. was actually the class I did my spit wads in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In an artistic way, I felt like, though. Yeah. yeah, it's like it comes out and it splatters on someone's face, and you're like, Jackson Pollock. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Actually, aside from goofing around, actually, I took that ca- class pretty seriously. I was terrible nice. at every other subject, like math and English and science and history. Um, Any others? <laughs> I was good at art class, gym class. And lunch and Ooh, study dude, hall I was pretty good. Lunch. lunch was great. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I once a week I got the extra money for my parents to go to the pizza line. But other than that, I was eating those like cardboard chicken patty things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, art class was where I painted my first mural. Oh, nice! I painted a dragon. Ooh, it was dope. I think it's still there. Really? Yeah. What high school did you go to? I went to Preble Shawnee High School. Mike, can you look that up? <laughs> That seems you bring that pretty up? easy to spell. It's a, a <laughs> Preble Shawnee. Provolone High School. Provolone Shawnee. Provolone Shanti. Like most high schools in the middle of the country, it looks like a state prison. <laughs> you should be able to find it. 
Uh, but yeah, that was Miss Claire's class. I loved her, and she she really Shouts believed to in Ms. me. Claire. My dad is an artist, so I ah, grew, yeah. my brothers and I grew up, um, you know, kind of watching my dad paint and draw and wanting to be just like him. So he taught us how to draw dinosaurs and dragons. Nice at a young age, and that was that's my that was my early years of art lessons, I think. But he's really good, and uh, he's very accomplished, and he paints wildlife. He paints um, landscapes and wildlife and has a lot of work in a bunch of different um, conservation organizations like um, Ducks Unlimited, Wild Turkey Federation. There's a federation for wild turkeys? uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, there is. (laughs) I think that's what it's called. It's not confederation. Yeah, that'd be weird. (laughs) Although that would be like on brand for the South, you know? I guess. There's turkeys down there. We're the wild turkeys now. (laughs) Yeah, we're the the wild turkey confederation. Yeah. yeah, there's also Deer Rassic Park, which is for deer. That's for real. Yeah, that's real. Where's that? Just I mean, these everywhere. are these are national organizations with um, state headquarters. You know, there's okay. different. Every state has their thing. Mm-hmm. So he he kind of tapped into that market with his art and did really well. And um, nice. Grew, grew up going to the shows and galleries and and got the uh, the taste of what an artist's life was. You know, with my dad as a kid. Mm-hmm. And just thought like I'll never be as good as him. Like can't li- you can't walk in those footsteps when someone's like that good. So, but I was I was cursed with this creative knack. I wasn't good at anything. Well, ha- else. hang on, hang on a second, because I think, in my opinion, like you're kind of one of the most overlooked or like people don't know about you as much as I think they should. Like you're a great painter. Don't sell yourself short. Thanks, Andrew. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Yeah, for real. Um, well, thank you. I, I, I'll i take that compliment. It's hard to take compliments. I know. I know. I've been working on it. I, I like to do that to guests just to put them on the spot. Just like, just, oh, you're so dope, dude. Yeah, wow. How many push-ups can you do? You're so fire. <laughs> <laughs> what, like 500? I can do at least 500 a year. Like, yeah. easy. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd say 10, 10 a week. Mm-hmm. Uh to a day off on the weekends. Mm, yep. Like, it, you know, I rest up. But um, <laughs> back to what I was talking about. What was I talking about? You're talking about your dad. We were talking about oh, um, right. kind of like your history um, going through it. And um, your dad was this great artist. And you... Yeah. Yeah. And my, and my mom actually um, instilled a lot of creativity into my brothers and I as well. She's um, put us into actually tap and ballet when we were kids, which I was embarrassed to take at the time. But you, now like that to... I can kill it on the dance floor, I can cut some rugs, sir. Yeah. Oh, I've seen And I, yeah, I, I, I attribute it. that to my mother putting us into dance as a child. And I was actually, my brother and I, who's my, I have a twin brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were young, we performed in a dinner theater as Tiny Tim. <laughs> and got paid pretty well for it, actually. This is great. But I didn't see much of the money for. Ah, um, ooh. You know. Should but we call your mom right now? I I think it went toward good things that we needed. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, uh, my dad was an artist when we were young, and my mom worked at an airline and stuff, and then she became full-time mom, and we never had much money growing up, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so they, she fed you with it instead of you like <laughs> I know how we can make money. <laughs> throwing throwing a dollar dance, in the fountain. Boys, dance. 
So, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, shit wasn't just dance. Like we, I, I loved crafts. I loved making maps. I loved like construction paper. I remember cutting so much construction paper as a kid and mm-hmm. using glue sticks all the time and just cu- using my imagination. And, um, also they, they locked us outside and we, oh, did, yeah. we didn't play video games much. We didn't watch TV much and we lived out in the middle of nowhere. So it was like forests and creeks and stuff and they'd lock us out and be like, go use your imagination. And we'd hate it. And he'd be like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, we want to come watch Simpsons. Yeah. Which we weren't allowed to watch, but you know. Yeah, same. Really? Until you weren't I, allowed to watch? Until I, Simpsons? yeah, my parents were real, real strict until I was about. Instilling some moral foundations into you, sir. I think that that's, that's kind of a good thing. I agree. You know, there's, it could go either way, right? Like if you, if you keep your kids from too much shit or from too much of the world they're mm-hmm. gonna grow up and be just dummies and like, yeah um i definitely had a few of those moments when i was you know going to college was a total mind blow really <laughs> yeah i felt like totally unprepared for so you guys were amish <laughs> and you took your the little quaker oh okay <laughs> watch it <laughs> Uh, no, no, we, I mean, just, we just uh, grew up in United Methodist Church and went, did the youth group on Wednesdays and, you know, just a good old Jesus family growing up. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, just weren't allowed to watch certain things like The Simpsons and I don't know. Beavis and Butthead was yeah, the Dev one couldn't. My, my parents. But were, I did yeah. watch them. Yeah. You know, oh, we all course. watched it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we found I'm ways. I'm going to go sleep over my friend's house yeah. where or their mom and just, dad don't care. <laughs> uh, my, my, uh ex-wife Abby and I used to joke around how we used to pretend we were asleep um, on the couch and then just waiting for the Simpsons to come on. <laughs> to, and, <laughs> and you would just parents notice. You just kind of do that thing where your eyes your eyes are just kind of open a little bit yeah. and you're just, it's on and you're, my dad would be watching it and I'd just be like pretending to be asleep but then something funny would happen and I'd be like <laughs> 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 Nice, so you, you, you were know. already honing your acting skills. Yeah. 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 Improv. Improv, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, my parents. Um, I love getting on these tangents and then figuring out where we started. But yeah, yeah my both my parents attributed to the creative gene, I think, and and uh, myself and my brothers. Um, so yeah, nature, I just a little bit of nurture. I don't know if it was the school I went to that just didn't know how to teach history right. <laughs> that I just didn't care about it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just I struggled through high school. I was an ABC student. I like to say mm-hmm. an occasional D. Yeah, maybe an F every once in a while. Mm. Um, but, um, I remember being, I had to study so hard just to get a B mm-hmm. and, uh, I had friends that didn't study at all and they'd ace it and I was just like, all right, something's off here. Like mm-hmm. I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah. didn't think I was dumb. I just, I don't know. I just was like, I don't get this, but well, with I art think class, it, I was killing it. Right. You know? So I think it's hard to, to force anyone at any age really to, to be interested in something. Mm. You, you just have your interests. Right, and they they just kind of are born out of a process that I don't think anyone's really aware of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so, like, when you're like, "No, you need to learn about chemistry," and you're like, "I don't care." Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, does come in handy later, like certain things. When you're mixing up the the LSD. <laughs> I've never had to do that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I haven't. I actually chemistry is a weird one. I don't know how much chemistry I use in my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, can't even think of one example right now. I know that um, I made scrambled eggs earlier. Yeah, there's, there's some chemistry. Some, there. I turned an oven on. So that, those are skills. 
Things happened. Mm -hmm. Liquid became a solid. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yolk to to omelet. Yeah, I chewed it up into a liquid, and it'll come out as a solid later. Nice. Chemistry. Boom. That's a that's a free chemistry lesson for y'all. There you go. Yep. Uh, you yeah. learning stuff? Are you asleep? Are you taking notes? Oh yeah. Did you watch The Simpsons as a kid too? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is really uh-huh. nice, Mike. Thank you for uh, thanks for coming out. Yo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mike's giving us the Illuminati sign over there. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> this is getting weird. This episode's sponsored by Raytheon. <laughs> Raytheon Technologies. Just kidding. <laughs> so um, back to school. Uh, I went to a different school my senior year because I grew up playing soccer, and mm-hmm. they didn't have soccer my senior year, and I, I, did, I wouldn't have it, so I left. You put your foot down. I put my foot down. I was like, this is one of my true joys in life. And mm-hmm. you're not taking away from me. Yeah. Of course, we had football and basketball and baseball and all like the because that's the American. Cl- America. Yeah. Yeah. It's all popular kids doing that. But uh, and I went to a different school, and in the the school I went to, my senior year had um, a video production class and music theory class. Nice. And I love music. I was in a high school band with my brothers, and we listened to like Breaking Benjamin and stuff. Mm. You know, the classics. Just the just the good stuff. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a different school experience over there. There were way more students, um, and the, the soccer team was not great, but we got to play it at least. Yeah. Um, but I really dove into the video production class. I loved making music videos and, uh, I love the whole, uh, movies have always been a, a huge part of my life. Um, we had a lot of family movie nights growing up mm-hmm. and, um, uh, the art of creating a film, whether it's a silent or a music video or you know a short film it's just i love it i still write scripts today yeah um so yeah that that got me into the whole film world which then led to film school down in full sail oh you went to full sail i did very nice Mm -hmm. i looked into that i remember looking into that um my senior year because my parents were like you're going to college Mm -hmm. i was like well is there a place where i can like draw or something yeah and i looked into it and they were like that's too expensive <laughs> and the list just was, nope, nope 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 <laughs> yeah and i said okay and then i went to uh a really really top-notch institution called murray state for my first year in kentucky right by the river right by the mississippi ohio river okay where, where they converged nice really great really great can't say enough good stuff about that you got a bachelor's degree. I do. That's cool. Yeah. Not a bachelor. Very hireable. Yeah. Very hireable. <laughs> that yeah. looks good on a resume. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, I guess psychology is cool because I'm always thinking about what I'm thinking and wondering how all that shit works. Why you're thinking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I didn't get any answers, you know? Well, that's on you, man. You're yeah. the psychologist major. You got a bachelor's. <laughs> I did well in, I did well in my last two years of college. I just got to, yeah. let me brag here for a second. Okay. Uh, 3.3 I don't GPA, GPA oh <laughs> yeah that means grade point average great so that's the four 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 is the highest so I think I knew that all right okay you got 3.3 and that's I don't know I don't know I think I was like around there somewhere mm-hmm. I have no idea yeah sure sure and I, I started working before I graduated actually what were you doing uh I got a job uh well I was in film school and I got a job on a film really yeah what fi- oh wait 
what film? No, it wasn't Never yep. Back Down. Oh, okay. I know that's what you're thinking. Yeah, it, it is. It was actually, I worked on an independent zombie movie called Zombie, Zombie, Zombies. And it was about whores that were doing drugs and some scientist made a version of like crack mm-hmm. that turned these um, this is a really prost- strong prostitutes <laughs> into zombies. Uh-huh. Um, Love and it. then. Uh, the characters ended up barricading themselves inside a strip club to get away from all the prostitute zombies. To get away from all the... Yeah. Yeah. I've, and so, I've used that excuse before. It was one of those like kinky, really low-budget, hilarious zombie movies. It's awesome. Where can we find it, and what's it called? I have it on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't bothered looking for it on the interwebs, but I'm sure if you typed it in, mm-hmm. it's the word zombies three times pretty mike you on this he's on it (laughs) checking out the trailer um i actually was in it as a zombie for a couple of scenes because they needed extras to perform as zombies but i was i was just happy to do whatever they needed i just was a set assistant Hmm. and we filmed inside of an an old um shutdown strip club so it was like i had to go in there and clean a lot of stuff up which was kind of weird so you're just kind of like you did a lot of things. I was a set bitch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. But that's, what, that's how you start, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did that, and um, I actually missed my uh, final exam, and they let me miss my final exam because they are like, wow, you're in the industry, you're working, go for it. Cool. Yeah. They let me come back and take it later. Nice. Um, yeah, and then I, I worked on an Amanda Bynes film after that, which was interesting. She's good. I really love her career trajectory. She's one of my faves. Really? What's your favorite Amanda Bynes movie? Um... It's that you're a liar. <laughs> Amanda, please. <laughs> yeah, Amanda, please. Ama- all that was how I knew her. The Nickelodeon, yeah, yeah, Nickelodeon. Show. yeah all that. Mm-hmm. When she read the letters, like her fan letters and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that. And then did you I, get to meet her? I did. She was actually when I at the time I met her it was like two thousand like seven. Mm-hmm. I think she was very friendly. I actually know nothing about. Uh, her career trajectory so um, I know that she will probably listen to this podcast because it's getting pretty popular so um, I just uh, I want to go ahead and say um, uh, Amanda I'm, I'm deeply sorry that uh, I haven't followed you um, since all that but I hope you're doing well I'll let her know okay I got her number okay <laughs> I'm just kidding I know yeah. well. I, uh, I tried that's good. That you, was 15 yes, years ago. You yes anded me, and that's all I really needed. <laughs> Improv, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then, you meet Amanda Vimes. I I I I met her. Vimes. Vine. Vine. Amanda. Amanda. Bynes. Bynes. Okay. Okay. Got it. Right now I'm. Amanda vibes. I worked on some films. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and then was killing it. I ended up working on a bunch of like. Uh, PGA, right? That's the golf, golf channel. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was working on a bunch of golf commercials. Nice. I met Tiger Woods a couple times. Did you really? Yeah, nice. he was really tall. Really taller Dirty. than you would think, or maybe I'm short. He How? he was taller than I expected it to be. So it's probably why he's so good. I think tall golfers are the best. Yeah, from what I've read. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and I did a lot of. I got in the commercial industry, and I was making like 300 a day. You know, really doing these commercials as an assistant. That's dope. In Florida, and I was like, I'm gonna move to Los Angeles because I always wanted to live in California mm-hmm. and do the whole like 
West Coast, you know, summer love vibes mm-hmm. and kill it out there. LA just has summer of love vibes. Like <laughs> I was a naive 19 year old. Yeah. Oh, I get <laughs> didn't it. Didn't know what I was doing and uh, didn't think that, like, let me go move somewhere that's more competitive yeah, yeah. and saturated with people like me that want to work for uh-huh. free. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, no, it didn't go well. Yeah. I was out there for five years just on the struggle bus. Grinding. Grinding. What were you doing out there? Were you making art then? In LA? Yeah. Uh I that's where I, I got started, uh, with the art thing. Okay. Are we at thirty minutes? Okay. Nice. You wanna keep going? Yeah, we keep going. He said he I got a burp. Not bad. I'm embarrassed. I thought it was gonna be a lot better than that. It's all right. I mean, I think you may be the first burp on the podcast really the first one that that was announced and then presented oh i was the first one to burp in such a fashion yes oh cool i'll take it i probably burp but i usually go you know and like do it off mic and try and keep it yeah no i i wanted it to be recorded i wanted it to go down in history nice this is forever that's romantic Thanks. Uh, back to LA. Ah, yeah. So, oh, okay. wait a minute. I feel like I cut you off because you're talking about how awesome your school was. Oh, that was bullshit. Not a great school. Um, you got a three point four GPA. Three point three, I think, is what I lied about, and uh, <laughs> and that was at even the, so. I went back to my hometown to go to the University of Kentucky. After that. A better school, but also still, you know, in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I was like, I guess I'll study psychology. Kind of one of those like. Mirror. I feel like you're go, you're. Go, go ahead. Well, I feel like you. Go ahead. I see. What I'm seeing from you. Go on. Since I've known you, mm-hmm. is you do take an invested interest in people whoever you meet, and I, you're a yeah. great conversationalist. Oh, thanks. And I I have to say that. You know, it has to attribute to your education somewhat, right? I think so. I think I'm, um, I think I'm, I am interested in people. I think people are really fucking interesting. They're the best. And I I try not to, you know, I, I try not to judge anybody because I know that like they didn't, you don't really choose who you are. I don't, I don't believe, I mean, none of this was by choice. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like, like. You know, I am who I am because of, um, you know, there's genetics, there's the environment I was raised in, and then there's, like, my inherent interests, right? Yeah. And then you just go from there, and you just, a lot of life seems kind of random, you know? Mm-hmm. But also then it it seems like it was supposed to happen, too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so... Uh, that's a long-winded way of saying that uh, I'm, I'm just. Uh, that's why I find people so interesting. Yeah, you give people, you automatically give them the benefit of the doubt. You just are like, hey, what's up? Yeah, you're probably cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna take a guess that you're nice and cool. What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think that's, that's a, a good way to go. Decent way, yeah. Decent way to go through life. Honestly, uh, if you approach people that way, I feel like even if they are uh, serial killers and you just pro- approach them that way, they will not kill you. Yeah, they they won't. They're like, that guy, he's, he's all right. Wow, that guy was nice to me. I'm not going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I think that's the only reason I'm alive today. Because you've talked to probably At least one two. out of 200 people yeah, yeah. are murderers. 
Do we know the stats on that? How Mike. Many... <laughs> Mike, let's get that. <laughs> Don't snap at my producer. I'm sorry. This is your show. I was out of line. It's all right. I'm sorry, Mike. Do you want to sit here? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you went to like, get on that. To like, I'm, 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 here. yeah. You do the rest of the I'm podcast nothing. for me. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I'll take that compliment, and now I know how it feels to be put on the spot with compliments. Oh yeah, yeah. I got more. I'll I'll, I'll drill you. <laughs> Go on. You're so great, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> Eat the goodness. <laughs> it's a little ASMR for people who like that stuff. Yeah, um, we're gonna release an hour long episode of that after this. Just ASMR, Andrew eating goodness. Eating compliments. Eating compliments. So bitter, bittersweet, you know. Yeah, the what? no judgment thing though. I, I I really dig that, and I feel like I'm the, I I share the same. I like to think that I do. Yeah, I share I, the same quality. Yeah, you come off that way for sure. Um, maybe that's my Jesus upbringing. I don't mm-hmm. know. Just yeah. uh, make friends with all those you know pimps and prostitutes and yeah, you know whoever it is. Yeah. Just let them give oh. them a chance to be good. We got. Oh, nice. thanks. We got Mike. ice water. Nice. Yeah, it is kind of hot in here. Um, my mouth was sweating. You know, this is my podcast studio, aka uh, the garage in the back of Mike's house. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, we couldn't find any stats on uh, serial killers uh, <laughs> being one, but uh, your chances of being killed by a serial killer are 3.9 in 100,000. Oh, wow. 3.9 in 100,000. That's still like. Those are our chances of that's, being killed by a serial killer. That's like, um, I think that's got to be higher than being struck by lightning. Yeah. What are the numbers on that, Mike? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> lightning isn't malicious. It's random. Right, right, right. So just be nice. Yeah. yeah. You can't just be nice to lightning and expect it to be, you're okay. I'm mm. not going to strike you. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen. No. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think when you when you give someone a chance to be good, it it uh lets them be good mm-hmm. and they tap into that themselves you mm-hmm. know so yeah i and, agree yeah we, you know we got to be compassionate in this world too and i'm only saying that because of like the climate of everything right now yeah it's yeah. Like crazy out there yeah and uh i just want to say that compassion people yeah oh yeah i'm right there with you um i try not to shit on people too much or at all really <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little third eye jab just every once in a while. <laughs> Only in private. Yeah, Captain Insano just with one finger to the third eye. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, okay, you're in LA, right? Yes, okay, and, back to where we... And you're like, man, it's really great here. Everyone's nice. No one judges anybody. Oh, right, LA yeah. is totally like that. Yeah. No narcissism, no climbing ladders, but mm-hmm. kissing nothing mm-hmm. well, great. okay yeah I, I do want to talk about just like how hard and and how much of a struggle you put up with out there like, i mean you know i i can't blame all my fails on society of and course. la i think there was a level of um i was 20 when i'm I was 20 when I moved to LA. Right. That's young. And yeah, and I hadn't had any of the college rage out of me. I went to a one year like full sale was like a I went for 14 months straight. Oh wow. Drank beer with a lot of dudes mm-hmm. and then uh moved to LA. So I had a lot of rage in yeah. me to yeah, get yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And um so I I have to I have to say I was I wasn't the most focused 
career men. Yeah, well. You know, getting out there. Yeah. I was very excited about, you know, being in California on the other side of the country from mm-hmm. where I, you know, had dwelled. Mm-hmm. And um, meeting a bunch of people, and most of those people were in the film industry, so that the industry in itself, you know, is a pretty bizarre environment. You mm-hmm. know, so many different people, every single job. Um, some are actors, some are crew, some are rich people, some are like me, just young and poor and trying to make it. Um, so it was a very rich life of interacting with a bunch of different kinds of people. Yeah. And as we've been talking about, I'm very like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm down. Yes. Let's do that kind of a guy, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, you, you I, didn't understand like the value of a polite no, no, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I, I know that now, but right. back then I was craving like, there is no tomorrow. Let's get it now. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, mentality mm-hmm. and you know, I, I'm I'm grateful that I was like that because I have memories and experiences in my life that are straight up out of the movies, literally and <laughs> figuratively. Yeah. Like um, what? Okay. I want a story. You story want a story? Time. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that I want to share on here. That's, <laughs> um, maybe maybe share one um, just for the Patreon subscribers, and then share one for everybody else you know share the the juicy i don't know i don't know what i'm saying i would say yeah yeah (laughs) i i i got i got to be friends with do you know evan peters is Mm -mm. um he was in the show american horror story okay and um he was he's a great dude and he 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 got real famous once that show started picking up but we were hanging out a lot before then and we made i was making little short films with him and they're on YouTube for all you fans of mine out there. <laughs> you type in Logan's films on YouTube, you'll find some some early works. Nice. Um, but yeah, I got to. Uh, I met him on the movie Never Back Down in Florida. So when I moved to LA, he was like one of the only people I knew. So I hit him up, and he wasn't quite at his peak at the point. So he yeah. had room for friends like me. Yeah. <laughs> And we hung out a lot and, you know, went out into the desert and shot a couple things and um, shot a a thing called Shat On. Shat On? Yeah, it was a a short film competition for Toyota. Mm -hmm. And I had a Toyota. I was driving a Toyota Yaris. Mm. Um, Good car. They are fantastic cars. I miss it. Um, I have a minivan now. But um, anyways, it was fun hanging out with him and it was just interesting to be a part of that scene immediately just getting into L.A. and just kind of like... Being, I went to parties with uh, a bunch of up and coming actors and stuff that I sometimes watch TV and be like, I, I know that guy <laughs> or that girl or whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah. So it was a surreal kind of just hanging out with that crowd. Um, there was a lot of like, who are you? And when I'd tell them, they'd lose interest really they'd quickly. They'd walk away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to play beer pong? <laughs> <laughs> no. They're like, what's that? Yeah, what kind of shoes are you wearing? Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, I remember I was a skate kid when I moved to L.A., and my neighbor said I was never going to get laid unless I got skinny jeans and changed my shoes. Really? And you were like, okay. And I was like, yes, I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) I wore, like, those big baggy jeans and, like, big fat skater shoes. Yeah. Yeah, I used to. You did? Yeah, in high school. You lived in L.A.? No, no, no. In high school, I I wore those, but, like, um, you know, like. I pictured you, like, in L.A. in 2007 walking around (laughs) in in UFO pants. (laughs) No, I wasn't that cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think if you can just confidently rock those pants and not care, it makes you pretty badass. It kind of does, really. Yeah. But uh, no, I wasn't. I was just, I just thought that that was cool to, you know, what, and it is. If you're wearing those clothes, it's cool. You, don't, you're onto something. Don't worry about it. Just, I was never a skater kid. Too, too lanky and uncoordinated. Hmm. I think I was a wannabe skater kid. I had a skateboard and I could ride it to a certain degree, but I went down a half pipe and almost killed myself. And then a nine year old went down it after me and just showed me what was up. And I was like, this, this isn't for me. Yeah. Not, but I so do you, like, you the like shoes. cross that off your list of things. That, yeah. I got out of that. Yeah. Well, I still skated like, um, in LA, I remember we still like, uh, just, we would, we lived in, um, downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in Echo Park for three years mm-hmm. or four years. And then there was a stint where I lived in a warehouse in the fashion district in downtown at a collective called um, Think Tank. Have you ever heard of them? It sounds familiar, but I mean, the, the word Think Tank is pretty... It's pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all kinds of different things. Yeah. Um, I didn't choose it, but that's what the collective By was the called. Way. Yeah. And it was, you know, a bunch of artists and musicians and creatives in there, and we all skated kind of, some were better than others. Um, but we would just bomb the streets and just, I would, we would end up on Skid Row sometimes and I would just be blasted down Skid Row and wouldn't realize it until it was too late. And I was like, just waking up a bunch of people. <laughs> I don't know if I was waking them up, but you know, they became sleep. conscious of your yeah, existence. <laughs> I felt kind of like an asshole. Cause I was like, it's loud and you're skating down on concrete, you know, and I yeah. just ruined their little midnight, whatever they're up to on the, in the tents and the sidewalk and stuff. But it was very surreal. That, yeah. that experience. Did um, you ever talk to any of those folks? I did. Um, yeah. I used after like in the in, in the film industry on set. There is the catering department, mm-hmm. and there is always a bunch of food left over after catering. So on several occasions, I would take the leftovers, and it was it, you'd get swarmed. Like I just bring out the food and be like, "Here's food," and everyone would just come running. And nice. It felt good, but it was also kind of scary because I, you know, like they came at me really fast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just a a really surreal scene down there and yeah, the homeless thing in LA, I guess in a lot of cities, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it was new to me and, um, it was really sad. It took me five years to become a callous guy that didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. But the first like two years I gave everyone I knew a dollar or whatever (laughs) I had or talked to them or whatever. And then become so saturated that you just... I don't know. I just, just I was like, kind of ah, keep fuck on off. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, be, became that guy. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I used to give homeless people money every time they would ask, and, and now I don't. I'll, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, yeah. I'm also like kind of. You asshole. I'm kind of, you know, I'm not wealthy by any means. And like, I think most of my friends have more money than I do. You know, it's kind of like, I bet I don't. Actually, this is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pull up our bank account. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's kind of like, no, this is this is my money. I'm I'm really sorry for your situation, but yeah, you know. Yeah, you, I know you want to be like I'm poor too, but you can't really. Yeah, you can't say, say that because no, no. they're obviously. They're like, wait a second. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You've got shoes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, that's not funny. Anyway, uh, so. <laughs> so you're. We're gonna cut all this out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The whole, you know, we're 45 minutes in, uh, and so... We haven't talked about art at all. No, we haven't. But that's... All this is getting cut, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, where, are you... You going to cut... I have been recording. 
Oh, okay, good. <laughs> good. good. All right, it's all warm up. Yeah, yeah. This is, we're going to do a three-hour podcast, and only 45 minutes is going to be perfect out there. Okay, so let's get back on track. You're in L.A. You're like struggling in the film industry. Yeah, so I mean, I, I was saying I attribute that to not being focused, um, but mm-hmm. I, I was like kind of like trying to squeeze the juice out of life so i'm not i don't regret anything of course but i think if you're gonna be young and going to a place like that and trying to compete with the high saturation of college grads and film school grads that are going out there to like make it mm-hmm. you got to be a hundred you know yeah yeah you got to be a hundred percent you got to like network Just work hard and ass. then when you get home work more and yeah. you know do personal projects or you know network and stuff and I've always been a laid back kind of person and kissing ass has never been Your something thing. I like to do. Yeah. And a lot of people do that out there. Mm-hmm. And um it was hard for me to like people. <laughs> yeah. And sure. and want to be around people that were always looking for the connection or that, right. you know, where can you get me and what can you do for me? And everything's just and I felt myself becoming that way over time and I started not liking myself. And I remember I was I was working, I was working on The Bachelor and the Bachelorette for mm. a long time. Great shows, fantastic, so good for the country and mm-hmm. everyone, and I just love and mm-hmm. a good show, good morals. Yeah. yeah, no, none of that. I hated it. It was a <laughs> bullshit show. Uh, but yeah, I understand it's like that junk that you just kind of like veg out on. I, I have friends that watch it, and I get it. It's whatever, and it's reality TV, but. At the time, I thought it was the devil, and but it was it was what it was work, and I was paying me, so I did it. And I remember like there were, and it's, this was where like the industry is kind of weird. Like a pretty girl would come on, she'd be new, and mm-hmm. I'd been there for like two, three years, mm-hmm. and she would become an, a producer's assistant. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, "What? I've been here for? Yeah, I'm still in the mailroom. What's going on here? Yeah, you know, I'm like cleaning out storage units. Why?" Why did she just all of a sudden get ramped up? Obviously, because I mean, I could assume that it's obviously because she's a pretty girl, yeah, and they wanted that and they wanted that energy in the office or you know whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and um after that happened a few times and just not being treated how I felt was you know i like I felt like I'd earned at least some sort of promotion and not getting it, then I was like, well. If they gave me a promotion, do I even want to be a production coordinator or something for The Bachelor? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. What the hell am I doing? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I quit and uh, I left the industry altogether and kind of, I, I think we talked about this earlier, collected mm-hmm. unemployment for yeah. a while mm-hmm. to try and figure my stuff out. And I took that time, it was 2010, I took some time to... uh explore and i had a bunch of friends going to festivals at the time i'd been going to coachella like uh three years in a row at that point and that was like my festival experience but in 2010 a friend invited me to lightning in a bottle Mm. and i was i think filling out my unemployment stuff when he came into my room he's like i'm going to lightning a bottle and i got an extra ticket do you want to go or he didn't have an extra ticket he said he was just going do you want to go and i was like we'll figure it out i'll go sure yeah yeah. you know i'm open to whatever Mm -hmm. and uh we went and we scalped a ticket in line, got in, and it was a total mind blowing. I saw a live visionary art happening for the first time. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have that at a, at Coachella, you know, right, like right. guys painting, girls and guys painting. 
So seeing it at Lightning a Bottle was like, wow, you know, because I grew up seeing my dad paint, and I'd always drawn. I, I never stopped drawing my whole life, and I, I loved making art, but I never thought I'd be able to do it seriously. Mm-hmm. So I saw, I think Griffin One was like who I became fixated with the most at that that particular festival. I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's not graffiti. He does aerosol art, but it's like, it's graph art, but it's not like... Uh, not, words yeah yeah um, he does like warped perspectives and wonky figures and and just awesome color palettes and he achieves uh, such good detail with a uh, spray uh, with spray paint that and I'd never seen that before and he was painting on this huge you know canvas or um, wall and I just I, the music was great but I remember sitting and just watching artists do their thing for a long time and I was like this is what's up nice this is awesome because i you know in my sketchbook i'd paint I'd, I'd draw stoner stuff yeah you know and i just it never occurred to me that people might want to see that kind of thing out right. in the world you know yeah, yeah like i thought dolly like cornered the market and it was yeah. over you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't think that that was something in modern time that you can make a living doing so that literally transformed me that festival mm-hmm. like i came out of that just mind blown and like on this like I want to do art I'm a creative person and it's like my dad's an artist like it's in my blood you know why am I struggling through the film industry and uh, actually continued to explore that year went to desert raves got super into techno and house music got in learned how to shuffle step started doing a lot of footwork Uh, yeah I love house music that that dancing uh, that's where that dancing background comes in baby yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. I went out to uh, we were talking about this earlier but I went out to Hard Halloween uh, at USC in 2010, and it was like Flying Lotus and Book of Shade and mm. Rusco and Rusco, yes. all this like housey tech stuff. Mm-hmm. And I saw people shuffle stepping. And for people who don't know what that is, um, just look it up because it's crazy. Uh, you know, I was in the kind of like festival jam side of things where, you know, I, I saw Soundtribe for the first time in 2003 and it blew my mind. I was like, this is the best shit ever. But people would just kind of like, you know, hippie dancing or hula hooping or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. And then you go, I went out to LA and people are like, like, yeah, it's almost like, it. a, almost like a sea walk, but like a little more like aggressive and got like, some bounce to it. Yeah. 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 It was like, I, and I came back and told all my friends, I was like, Yo, they dance crazy out in LA. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that story. But... Well, it's it's awesome. I mean, like I went to uh, Miami's um, Ultra, and when I was in Full Sail, mm-hmm. and my buddy was my roommate was he spun vinyl, and he played he spun like Carl Cox and all these all these other like TS, like classic trance. DJs and I hated it like being his roommate I was like will you turn that off it's the same thing over and over again Yeah. and he was like I'm going to this festival and I don't have anyone to come with me and come with me or whatever and I was like look at the lineup and Killers and Hot Hot Heat were playing Mm -hmm. and I was like well at least they're playing I'll just I'll go and you know hang out with my bud and I was introduced to the whole rave scene at Ultra. And even that time, I was like, this is dumb. Like, <laughs> it's the same 4-4-B over and over and over again. Who would like this? Yeah. And I remember, like, being kind of annoyed throughout the day by everyone loving it so much and me hating it. <laughs> I did love all the pretty girls. So that was that yeah. was definitely, I was like, all right, there's, you know, there's eye candy and the, the killers are coming on on day three <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. or whatever. So, uh, but I remember like kind of meandering off on my own and I was like drinking a beer and I went into one of those side tents 
where you know it's not a major dj it's one of like a local dj yeah yeah and this guy dancing in front of this dj may have been the dj's friend or he may have just been some guy on drugs just having the time of his life yeah regardless Mm -hmm. he was shuffle stepping and moving and doing all these b-boys moves and just smiling and having the time of his life and could give two shits if i was standing there watching him it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the whole fact that he did not give a shit that anyone was watching him inspired the hell out of me. Nice. I was like, that looks so freeing. That yeah, looks yeah. absolutely. That looks like let's uh, soul dancing or something. Like, yeah. To just not care about anything and just move to the beat. Yeah. And that's you know, I grew up, you know, Breaking Benjamin and like Weezer and like yeah, yeah. you know, like I was a headbanger, you know, mosh pitting, crowd surfing kind of guy. Yeah. So like dancing to me was for girls. You know, I know it sounds bad, but like that's that's where I was raised, and like guys just didn't dance where I was from, Mm -hmm. except for me and my brothers, Tiny Tim. Yeah, the tap dancing ballet theater. Yeah, (laughs) if you're gonna dance, it's gonna be with tap shoes or ballet shoes. All right, (laughs) (laughs) otherwise you're head banging. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but no, I mean that 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 was my first introduction to what it was like to just not care and dance. And this went out to L.A. and then really stopped giving a shit about things. I got into dancing again. Yeah. And, um, yeah, shuffle stepping, like, opened up. I used to, like, just go to shows by myself. I, I'm to festivals by myself. Nice. And for me, it was, like, the worst that could happen was that I was going to get in front of some house music, close my eyes and dance, and then go home. And that would be awesome. Yeah. And that's all I'd want. But it was never just that. It was always, you know, when you dance and don't give a shit, people tend to gravitate toward yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. And yeah. you end up making friends and, like with similar interests and that are, you know, fun and high energy. And so I ended up in a, a great network of creative people and musicians and stuff in the festival scene. And I ended up going to Burning Man, full circle, back to what we were talking about. Uh, yeah. 2010, I went to Burning Man. Um, same kind of thing happened with the same friend who took me to Lightning in a Bottle. Yeah. Um, ended up with a ticket to Burning Man, went there completely unprepared with a tent, a few gallons of water, some oranges. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't know what the wow. heck we were getting into. And uh, ended up, you know, getting lost day one. Um, easy to do, by the way. Easy to do. Yeah. Easy to do. Especially if you don't have your map or whatever. Or Yeah, or know that there is a map. Or yeah, yeah. that how big the place actually is. Yeah, or yeah. how many people are actually there. And was by myself most of the time that year at Burning Man. Wow. And um, What kind of effect do you think that that had on you? as an artist or creative person i always tell people burning man is the best and worst time of your life Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you're gonna go through the gamut throughout the week if you're there the whole time but um that first year after all the other experiences i had leading up to burning man because i'd done lightning in a bottle i'd gone to some desert raves coachella and all this stuff um i thought i was ready for it but Mm. i wasn't yeah and um people what i did like about it was the improv and it wasn't like improv comedy per se but people just they take on a whole avatar, yeah, I feel yeah. like, at these things. And I love that shit. Like, oh, you want to talk in a crazy accent and dress weird and be goofy for, like, three days straight? I'm down. Let's go. Um, so I loved that. But it got to a point where it went too far, and people were just not ever coming back to normalcy after days. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, where is the sanity? Yeah. I need mm-hmm. someone I know. I need to hug someone that I know to you know, comfort <laughs> to me ground you. and secure me. Like, I felt like I was losing my mind after mm-hmm. a while. And it was really scary. Because, you know, like, this person's probably a school teacher, and he's got his wang hanging out. And he's just... <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> dancing around like he doesn't care and he's speaking in tongues and, you know, like there's some crazy, you run across some really somewhat disturbing things at Burning Man. Yeah. And you have to hold it down. You can't just cry for your mom. You yeah. have to like yeah. be the adult in the situation or be the, you know, the po- crazy polka dot be- zebra yeah. guy on <laughs> roller skates or whatever. You have to join them. And yeah. I think that's what I learned was like, you know, if you can't beat him, you got to join him. Yeah, and yeah. I gave in, surrendered, and became a crazy person. Within reason, I kept my sanity yeah, to yeah. a certain extent. But I think I walked away from that experience learning another side of myself I had never knew was there. Like I didn't know that I could tap into being a totally bizarre person and not really worry about it. And not yeah. worry that like... I'd get in trouble for being weird or awkward or insane. Yeah. Not that I was like stabbing people or anything, but just like, yeah. you know, you come from like an upbringing where things are pretty um, Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Good adjective. You know? No, I know exactly and, what you're talking about. You know, and then you go into an environment like that where there's no judgment and there's just absolute freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. And the art is just off the chain. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite part about Burning Man is the art and oh, just like not only are you guys out here being weird like you're weird professionally like yeah. this shit is like fire yeah and just so inspiring and I actually ended up making friends with an art director you know at Burning Man and so in 2011 I started working on music videos at, in the art department oh nice and then for the, my last two years in LA I worked in the film industry as a production designer and an art director nice um, and I eventually started getting in to galleries and helping people um, throw shows. I helped uh, an organization called Create Fixate for a few shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle Burke, I think she was, I don't know if she's still doing it, I don't think she is, but at the time it was like high-end visionary art and from the Burning Man scene. Oh, cool. And it was really awesome to get to meet those artists and kind of like start getting my foot in the door there. And things just started like clicking once I started going down that path. And I started getting back into my spirituality nice, and praying more and, you know, um, looking for signs and really starting because I felt lost, you know? Yeah, sure. I felt like the film thing's not working out. I'm depressed. Um, I'm a little, you know, I don't have any direction as far as like, if I'm not going to make film, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started doing art and getting into that industry, things just, I'd meet the right person at the right time. The right event would come up. And, you know, I take that, you know, if stars are aligning, go for it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of how I live my life now. It's just I go with the flow as best as I can. And if something's giving me too much resistance, it can be kind of tricky because you're like, is this a test to – is this testing my, my strength, my yeah, gusto? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or is it telling me not to do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, don't go that way. Yeah, that's a tough call, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I'm sure you've experienced oh, that. Oh, yeah. All, like every single day. Yeah. I'm like, well – you know, taking out the trash is is boring and hard. Am I supposed to check out? <laughs> is <laughs> that what I'm what I mean. meant to be doing right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not mundane shit like that. But yeah, um, but then you you get out of bed. Yeah, you take the trash <laughs> yeah. out and then it's collected, and the you, next day you got an empty can. That's right, and, and you it feel was great. worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you get out of bed at noon and you're like, okay, we can do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fight. <laughs> I'm gonna fight for my happiness. I'm gonna get her the old college try here mm-hmm. see what happens the old sale try i'll i'll jump over these hurdles if that's what you want me to do yeah anyways yeah but it's hard to distinguish sometimes right like whether like 
you're having to grind because there is like some sort of either personal or otherwise reward at the end of it or if it's just like something you're not meant to do and you're just struggling because you think that's what you're supposed to do right yeah yeah I, I think I've definitely pushed through a lot. I'm, I'm a pusher. I'll push through. Yeah, yeah. And then whatever bad thing that was is going to happen because I wasn't supposed to push through, I just, I'll just do it. Just take it as a, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Just and, take it as a learning right. lesson or something. I'll, yeah, it's not a fail. It's a lesson. Totally. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I being an art director, I was working on music videos and um, ultimately that's what I set out to do when I went to film school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up watching MTV and VH1 and loved the hell out of music videos. I oh, thought yeah. they were the pinnacle of filmmaking. Yeah. Like, wow, music, awesome. Art and film, awesome. Narrative, like Michelle Gondry was one of my favorites. Yeah. If you don't know who that is, he directed Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's also got hundreds of music videos you can look up and from the 90s and 2000s. And he was a practical props and um, trick camera pioneer. And it was before CG got too crazy. Um, he was, and he's still a stickler on using those methods to achieve an effect, which I love. Mm-hmm. There was a movie that came out recently called Sorry to Bother You, and it used a lot of tricks, mm-hmm. cinematography, and practical props. And I just love, I love that style of filmmaking. If yeah. you can achieve a trippy effect using the room, you know, and something actually in the room. That is badass. I love that. Oh yeah. So I when I got into the film when I got into the music videos, like YouTube was out. Yeah, yeah. And no one was making money on music videos. So I was getting paid very little. Mm-hmm. And I was like equating like I'm I'm like the amount of effort and time I put in this, I'm making like three dollars an hour. Yeah. You know? Isn't that like with art it's kind of the same way, right? Like um I try not to think about my hourly wage ever. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But it's so fulfilling in and of itself. That yes. You just, yes. you don't care. It's fulfilling until you're working, you're just, you're blowing bubbles into a laundry mat for uh. a song that is gonna suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> just a song that just sounds like every other pop song and will last maybe three months and then be forgotten. Like, yeah. I started getting tired of that. Yeah. Are we getting low on I, time? No, I'm just gonna pause because I gotta pee. Oh okay, cool. cool. All right, so you're making music videos and you're getting, oh yeah, you're getting paid like three dollars. Not... Yeah, well, we were talking about how you start thinking about how much time you spend on art as an artist and yeah. like what you make from the sale or whatever. Yeah, which is important, you know. I think it's if you're taking your art career seriously, listeners out there, time yourself and pay attention to how much time you're spending on a painting. Yeah. Um, not even to like try and hurry, but just to know, just so that yeah. you know how much time it takes you to paint a painting. You know where your like growth edges are, yeah. where you can get better and yeah, more that's efficient. that. That's that whole conscious effort thing, mm-hmm. you know, where you're not just in the studio noodling around and like, <clears throat> I'm getting better just by painting. I know it. Mm. It's much better <laughs> to like when you paint, not to just you gotta like. What are, what are you doing? Are you conscious of what you're doing and how you're doing it? And when you come in next time, will you have remembered that lesson and then progress after that? Yeah. As Dude, opposed to just such... smoking weed <laughs> and painting in circles, you know, just yeah, yeah. over and over again, not timing yourself, you know. And I do that. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, like, I don't do that. By the way, like. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I do. But, you know, 
not every time. I I think it's fun you're getting to... better. Uh, you once you realize that, you know, you can just go in circles forever. You then you start to pay attention. Yeah. To like you're like I'm making fifty cents an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That Worth can't happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not a feasible business performer. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so uh, the music video industry was fun, but by the time... And that's the thing I was saying. It was a certain <clears> degree <throat> of success because that was ultimately, as a high schooler, what my dream was, was to yeah, work yeah. in the music video industry. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that I didn't achieve my dream in you the film. You just weren't I wasn't super specific with, with your dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to work in the film, the music and video industry and be rich. Yeah, you should have. I should have said that at the end. That, yeah. yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I got to be specific with your prayers, people, you know. <laughs> okay, I want so, this exactly. I, yes, good advice. And But I also want to hear about uh, kind of the transition you made and what what made you, you've kind of, stopped at a couple points along the way and been like oh art this is like a viable way to to live and but what was the the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever like when did you decide to be like all right no more music videos for three bucks an hour i'm Dude, gonna make paintings for three bucks an i hour. think it was honestly god just being like stop <laughs> and how he said that was living out of my car for eight months yeah. Being heartbroken. I uh, was in a relationship that didn't end well. Mm-hmm. Um, What's her name? No. <laughs> just kidding. I, I just, Go ahead. This is my chance to finally get her back. No. <laughs> I'll have my 100 listeners email her. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, but it was a series of events. I won't I won't disclose everything because it's kind of personal, but For sure. um, it was a series of things, and it just things just stacking up. Mm-hmm. on top of each other just weren't working out and me being probably the lowest I've I'd been in my whole life mm-hmm. and not knowing what to do but I was doing the art thing <clears throat> I was helping with create fixate I actually ended up um I started throwing some shows myself called sound effects art mm-hmm. and while I was <clears throat> getting into art again myself I was using colored pencil and drawing a lot and wasn't confident with paint or color a whole lot at that point in time but wanted to surround myself with other artists and be inspired by them. So I threw this show called Sound Effects Art. And what it was, was the concept was I'll, I'll get a bunch of artists and approach them with like um, an idea like, hey, um, I want you to be a part of the show. I love your work. Can you please contribute a piece that's inspired by music? And if you could be as specific with the music as possible, it'd be great. Because what I'm going to do is take 30 seconds of that song or that track and I'm going to pair it with your piece at the gallery. And we were talking about vetting sponsors earlier. Oh, yeah. Andrew needs to get some sponsors on here. I just need to try, I guess. You've got to try. Yeah, That's yeah. what we were I've talking about. I've got to send emails to people. Um, uh, at, when I was throwing those shows, I was with a, a different girlfriend, and she was really awesome and a hardworking girl, and she um, helped me. I would send out emails every day, and then I'd go work, and then while I was at work, she'd be sending out emails. Mm-hmm. we send emails out for sponsors to help us with headphones and MP3 players. And we ended up getting RCA donating a bunch of MP3 players, and Skull Candy donated a bunch of headphones. Nice. And so when you got to the gallery, you would you basically traded in collateral, which was like an ID and credit card, and then you would be handed the MP3 
player and the headphones, and then you'd walk around the gallery, and next to each painting would be a track number, and you'd go to that track number on the MP3 player, and you'd listen to the song that fit the music. Nice. And it was a beautiful like mesh of music and art coming together and you got to step inside the artist's mind a little bit even if you didn't agree with the art or the music yeah having the two together made it all made sense mm-hmm. even if you didn't like the song or the art yeah the two together was like i always put an example like there's a white canvas with a red dot and you're like who did this this is garbage yeah but then you put the headphones on and it's like beep 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, yeah, yeah, and it's okay. a simple, minimal thing. Yeah. Not that anyone did that, but yeah. that's kind of like you know, I, I like it's that that culmination of the two creating an effect. You know, <laughs> that relationship. So, we I did that. The first one I did went really well. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I did it a second time, I went to that. We did it at the Think Tank Collective in downtown LA, and the LA. I can't remember which newspaper covered it, and. Um, I was 22 or 23 at the time. Nice. And didn't know how to manage money or business. Mm-hmm. And those two shows, as successful as they were, I regret not handling the finances right because I just was like, yay, money, and <laughs> paid rent, bought shoes, went to a festival. Like, <laughs> and just, I, and I'm admitting this, and I apologize to anyone who's listening to this that was a part of those shows who didn't get paid. Um, oh. I did not pay the DJ on the second one. Oh, no. We'd agreed not to be paid, right? Oh, he... Uh, he agreed not to be paid. Really? But I made enough money that I could have paid him. Oh, okay. And I just didn't. So now you're just... This is like a confessional. This is... I'm confessing. Okay. And like this anyone... stuff. Anyone throwing an event out there, pay your people. Like, yeah. Pay, Don't do what pay your did. Artist. Don't do what I did. I Well, I, you know, there's plenty of festivals we could oh, not right. name. <laughs> Yeah. that have done that Hello, um, people out there with an even art gallery, gallery at your yeah, festival yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even gallery owners yeah 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 straight up uh just yeah as an artist as we all know it takes a lot of um not just getting to the place and setting up but years of honing your craft and yeah. then performing it and expressing yourself in public like that's valuable so yeah. i was young dumb new to the game and was a bad businessman and um, sound effects art crash and burned and mm. I regret that because it was a great concept and a lot of people loved it and I just didn't know what I was doing um, that's okay yeah I mean from me to you <laughs> yeah just... you don't care yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'm right. that I'm 34. That was 11 years ago. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. We've learned a lot since then. I've come a long way. I mean, I think not that you get a pass on everything, but there's there are just certain things you don't know until you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I've often learned the hard way. I'm yeah. a very like I have to touch it to know it's hot, you know, <laughs> kind of person. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was that was my LA, LA experience. I touched it; it was hot, and I had to get out of there. <laughs> um, that was a great, uh, like, climb—you know—climax to the action there. Thanks. And then the the downslope. So the downslope. So like, <laughs> and honestly, my my dad was going through some stuff at home in Ohio, and this the entire time I was going, I was I was working on music videos, and then had to find a hotel room to sleep in or sleep in my car because mm-hmm. I couldn't afford rent. Mm. I was working, but I was making $5 an hour right. and couldn't yeah, afford yeah, rent. Yeah. And I was like, so sad. It was such a depressing, like, 
you know, having to sleep in your car after shooting three hours out of town in the desert. I remember I just slept in the desert a few times just Ooh. after a on location shoot. Like, well, I don't have anywhere else to go. You just like, walk I'll back just to your car. stay here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was sad or whatever. And um, I was like, you know what? This is stupid. Why am I out here? And my dad had called me and he needed, he, he was going through something really heavy. Um, and, he was like, I need, I need my family around me. Um, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're able to come back and visit for a little while, that'd be great. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to move back <laughs> and you're going to teach me how to paint. <laughs> nice. And, um, so I was like, I figured like, I'm going to go back to Ohio, ask my dad how to teach me to paint and we're going to help each other get back into a happy place. Cause we both needed to find a happy place. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it was beautiful. And we, we, we're still working on it. Yeah, <laughs> but we've been happy for a while, but it's a constant practice, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah. So talking about that thing where, like, when you set out to do something, and then all of a sudden someone's like, "Uh oh, maybe you shouldn't." Mm-hmm. That happened. I was, I had my car loaded up. All my stuff was in a public storage place, so I had to sell a bunch of stuff, give it off to friends, and then I loaded my little hatchback Toyota Yaris up with as much stuff as I could, and started heading out of LA. And I got a phone call from a producer I'd worked with in the past who offered me a position as a producer's assistant for the Food Network. like The whole network? The whole network. Like that was a permanent job, Ooh. like st- steady job and yeah. probably a good paying one. And I was like, that's the break I've been looking for for yeah. five years. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. something steady so I can have a life, you know? Yeah. But- I, I was in my car driving out of LA for Ohio on this, like, I am determined to go change my life and start doing art seriously. And I got that call and I just, I need to think about this. And I was like, I hate the food network. Yeah, yeah. I never watch it. Yeah. I don't like cooking. Like, <laughs> why do I want to do that? Yeah. Who cares if the money's good? Who cares if it provides a steady income? Like, I bet it was still tough though, right? Oh, yeah. It was one of those things. Like, Did you like have to pull over and think about it for a minute? So this is what's really crazy. This is a true story. I pulled over to think about it at a gas station in like this mountain pass. It's mm-hmm. like the San Bernardino mountain range headed toward Vegas, you yep. know? Yep. And um, I was pumping gas and just like, should I turn around here? What should I do? And I heard this insanely loud bang. And I turned around and a semi-truck brakes went out or something ran a stop sign wrecked into a few vehicles and then tipped over and the whole trailer tipped over and like spilled out over the mountain and it was a food network trailer no no it was just an utter catastrophe <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. and like and you were like i gotta get the fuck out of here i was like i gotta get out of here yeah, yeah. like i i don't know what that means but i just whatever this is like i'm tired of all the yeah. All the shit. And like, I got to get out of so here. So you took that as I took a it, sign. I feel like anyone could have taken it and it's like, way. maybe I should turn back, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I took it as like, no, I'm getting out of here. Like, sure. that was nuts. I saw like, they, it was one of those things where like, should I call the cops? But there's like a hundred people on their phones already calling. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm this place is to about Ohio. to be swarmed with like ambulances and stuff. So I got to make a decision now. Yeah. <laughs> I got dogs in the studio. I... Sorry, we had a visitor there for a second. All right. Puppy. 
So the semi so truck it blows wasn't, up. It wasn't just a semi truck blowing up. It was the fact that like this whole intersection that I'm caught in is about to be barricaded off for a while. Oh, so you, you were so like, I was I, like, I gotta move, make move. Yeah. So it's L.A. or Ohio? Which one? Yeah, and I was like Ohio, nice. and I just went. Dude, and... that's like that's like something from a freaking movie, right? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and I told you, I told I, things in L.A. Man, it's like being in a movie. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, I came back to Ohio and, um, that was 2012 and my dad was going through, um, I'll just, he was going through a divorce and it was like forever ago. Um, and real nice lady though, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go on. No, she was not a real nice lady. Okay. I won't say her name, but she was not a nice lady. Um, anyways, uh. I, I said, you know, like, Dad, I'm here for you. I, I stayed in his I, – I grew up in that house, so I just, you know, accommodated uh, accommodated my old room and, mm-hmm. you know, um, lived minimally. And he taught me some real basics like how to – we started with sketching and went over composition and, you know, focal points and perspective, stuff like that. Yeah. Went over shading and lighting and how to create form. And then we went to brush and paint and started using color and how to use warms and cools. And he just taught me, and it took a week, honestly, to learn that stuff. And, like, and uh, it was like giving me, here's some tools to build this thing. Mm-hmm. You'll get better with these tools the more you use them. And so that was like the launching point for my how I paint. So your dad's kind of like your mentor. Yeah, yeah, and and he's and he'll be tough too. Like if if I I remember t- times and you know looking back at your early work, you're like, yeah. what was I thinking? But yeah, totally. um, he was honest and like, no, this is rough here. Like composition's pretty bad. It's too busy. You know, That's stuff such like an that. That's a valuable tool to have someone who will just shoot straight with you and not yeah. gas you up or ignore like what you're doing. Yeah, you know. I remember distinctly one time he came up and I'd painted something I thought was my best work to date. Mm-hmm. and he came up and I'd painted an upstairs of a barn that was like somewhat finished um, and that was my makeshift studio and he came up and I asked him what he thought of it and he had his arms crossed and he was already in this mood of like deep thought which he gets into every once in a while and just doesn't talk mm-hmm. and he just looked at it and then walked away <laughs> and that was it <laughs> and I I was like what's wrong with it <laughs> And I just and I kept working on it forever. Yeah. And I don't even know if I fixed what was wrong with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, stuff like that would happen. And I, yeah, you're right. It's invaluable to have someone come and be brutally honest with you because you're just not going to get as good as fast without that sort of boost. Without someone being kind of like rough and being like, "No, this sucks. You got to. That's not right. You don't need do to change that. this. You need to change this." And you know. When you're starting out and you're in this live art festival scene, a lot of people don't have that sort of mentor or that experience with art, yeah. and they just look at something that's been painted and they're like, "Wow, yeah, they're you like, know, oh my gosh, this is great!" Yeah, yeah, and that's awesome. You know, yeah, it's great that someone is painting and has decided to take that path. I fully support anyone that wants to do that. Yeah, but it's easy to have those compliments get into your head and you start thinking you're doing things right when you're actually doing them wrong. Right. Because no one's telling you you're doing them wrong. They're telling them you're doing them right. Or just people are like, oh, you know, your work's great. And you're like, ah, ah I've I did arrived. It. I have arrived. <laughs> did it. No Done. need to get better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, that's, 
I don't think that's really what people think, but it's it's still that that seeps into your mind it's and your not ego. What the, it's not what people think, but it's on both sides, the artist and the the viewer, right? Like the viewers, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's like they don't have those conscious thoughts because they just yeah might not know. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, or they're on acid and it yeah. is blowing their mind. Right, right, <laughs> right, like, right. And yeah, I've. I've definitely had some people compliment my work um, that like cried at it, you know, and yeah. that feels so. That's such a powerful emotion to like compliment with. Yeah. And so when you when someone does that, you just you feel like Superman. You're yeah. like, wow, I'm a badass artist. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I had that happen to me, and I remember the painting that it was, and at the time I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm fucking killing it. Yeah. And then I look at that I'm painting. I'm a legend. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I look at that painting now, and I'm like. Mm, that guy was high. I'm glad. I'm glad that she got something out of that. You know. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's a beautiful thing about it, for sure, right? Like that you can just just the simple act of making art can inspire someone to the point of tears. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. And I w- and just to get back what you're saying, like definitely want to encourage people to take that path of art. But like, if you're gonna go, go all the way. Mm-hmm. Try and get better. Yeah. I always I I, I say this. It's not about being perfect it's about making progress but absolutely making progress takes the person that, well, hey, you have to be a perfectionist mm. to make the progress yeah so you got to be stern and strict and like want to get better um but like never just settle for like um oh i just everything i do it's as good or better than my last piece and yeah if it's as good i'll take it like yeah if i'm just Always. over the painting like i've been working on forever I just hold it up to like my past work and if it holds up, I'm like, all right, done, moving on, yeah, letting yeah. this one go. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, if you don't do that, then what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You're just, I guess, having fun and it's therapy, it's therapy. Right. Which is fine. Right. But, you know, that's not for me. Yeah. Right. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, yeah. Why did, what do you think besides, I mean, you've gone through just, a list of everything but why do you think you create art on maybe a more metaphorical level or or a psychological level you mean as far as my subject matter or no, not necessarily subject matter just why do you create in general oh you've asked this before to other people oh i'm sure yeah yeah and I and then when I listen, I'm like, I would say this. And now you're <laughs> and like, here I am. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so why do I create art in general? Like why? Why? Um, I don't have an answer myself. It's a good question. Um, I'll have to dive into my spiritual roots on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry if you're an atheist, but uh, I think yeah. God made us in His image, and we are all creators, and so. I feel like whether it's art, food, engineering, whatever, there's a creative outlet for you out there. And if you're not tapping into that, I feel like you, you're missing out on mm-hmm. a really special part of yourself and in life. Yeah. So for me, like, like I said, in high school, like I just was terrible at everything but art and I like sports. Um, I like playing sports. I don't watch sports. No one texts me and be like, Hey, what do you think of the Bengals? Like, I'm not going to have a good answer, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just, Anything I can create out of nothing for me is like what comes naturally to me. Yeah. And you like doing things that you're good at, right? Right. So um, for me, I just have a knack for it. 
and I don't know if that's just for my dad and my mom or mm-hmm. um, just wanting to do it a lot. Um, but that's, I think it feeds me. It feeds my soul. And if I, honestly, if I don't make art, if like a few weeks goes by, I, I do start getting down. I'm like, yeah. something's not right. Like, yeah. what's life about? <laughs> what's, what's the point in all this? And I'm like, I haven't painted in forever. Yeah. And then as soon as I like, I'll do these things where I just have like a small canvas and I have leftover paint in a palette from the last painting. Mm-hmm. I have no plan. I just grab the brush, dip the paint in and just attack the canvas and just put on some music, smoke a joint and just let go. And that that, that is like one of my favorite feelings just to paint. And oh, yeah. it feels so good. And to see the thing kind of form shape without any plan, you know, and it's all of a sudden, you, you know where your, your focal point is. I've studied the composition. Mm-hmm. It's all coming out naturally at this point. Right. So I'm already making something intriguing just based off of my knowledge and experience. And that feels good. Yeah. Like, I, it's like a, a magical power that I have. Yeah. And to be able to perform it for myself, you know, feels good. Yeah. So I think I, I make art for me, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to share that and then inspire people is feels good as well and I feel like helps people. So mm-hmm. aspiring to inspire is, you know, yeah, yeah. a part of it. Yeah. But I do struggle with like, is this a narcissistic, selfish endeavor, this whole art thing, you know? I don't think so. I think that like life is creation, right? It's just creating itself over and over and over again. And if you're not like having kids, you know, I think that that's, I think that's a big reason why people have kids, whether they want to admit it or not, is they're like, oh, I would need to do the life thing, the thing that mm-hmm. life is doing mm-hmm. and to, to create something. Mm-hmm. It's the most it, ultimate piece of art. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In a way. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, collab, uh, <laughs> collab takes two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that hearing you talk about that just now, um, you know, I don't like to, I don't like to use the word God cause it's so loaded and everybody, but there is some sort of creative force in the universe. And I think when you're not creating, um, you know, deliberately, then you feel out of sync with the whole the whole shebang, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, for me, you just find something that you're creative at, uh, that you're decent, you know, you put out decent work with and that can be your thing. Mm -hmm. And then you feel fulfilled. And if you, like, I think a lot of people sell themselves short just because they know themselves inside and out. But your mood and your sense of like, well-being is so important to the overall everything Mm -hmm. the whole gestalt of Mm -hmm. human existence and nature and all that shit Mm -hmm. and so when you're helping yourself by creating you're also helping the the collective i guess people that are experiencing your creation or people that have to deal with you at the grocery store or in traffic or whatever right yeah like a fulfilled or like a person who is working on being fulfilled through the vehicle of art mm-hmm. is probably less likely to snap out in traffic or mm-hmm. kick their dog or you know yeah it's the whole butterfly effect kind yeah of the thing. calm energy you acquire through your art transcends into your grocery shopping yep. experience <laughs> yeah 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 um well yeah sweet that's cool no i i totally agree with that yeah, energy is a big thing and honestly like even reading i think 
we we have so much screen time in our culture mm-hmm. right now and it's get on the soapbox let's go let's go i'm gonna <laughs> do it and you, know, you just you have your visual and audio mm-hmm. done for you yeah there's not a lot of room for imagination yeah and when you're reading you have to imagine that face and that scenario and the setting and stuff so your mind has to work mm-hmm. and like even if you think you're not an artist if you're reading you are tapping into your imagination mm. and working that part of the mind. Yeah. And I think that's a healthy move. Yeah. Do you think the same thing for audiobooks? Because I can't really um, uh, read. So, but I know how, like, you know, sounds of. <laughs> I can get it, you know? Yeah. The same thing? I think so, because you're not watching the visual. So there is a part mm-hmm. of your mind where, you know, the narrator is describing the setting and right, you, right. Have to, you have to fill in that blank with your own mind. I'm just kidding. I can read. <laughs> you're saying it on behalf of anyone who is dyslexic out there yeah yeah totally um let's see speaking of reading i've got questions here in front of me oh yeah this is such a broad and like meandering question but where do you think ideas come from do you think that a, a single individual is the generator of ideas or do you just think they're kind of like floating out there for people to piece together via their experience or Ugh, what have I'm gonna, you. I'm going to just do a blanket statement and mm-hmm. allow myself to Broad not strips. know okay. the answer to that. Yeah. But since you're asking me and I'm on a podcast and I have to say something. Come on, content. Let's go. Let's let's do it. Um, I think ideas, um, I think how you interpret an emotion or how something is affecting you is based on your upbringing, the traumas you've experienced, whether they're good or bad. Um, they all affect how you express that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so an idea will come into mind, but that seed for the idea that whatever that is, I feel like there's definitely a dimension that we tap into as creators and we become the channel for that. Yeah. And like there's a river flowing that we can't see or smell or touch and we become the medium for that river to be seen and smelled and touched. Mm-hmm. And so I think ideas are that. <laughs> nice. Just kind of like yeah. a flow of, of thought energy that can be. Yeah. There's that whole collective consciousness thing where like mm-hmm. you have an idea and then you're like, I'm going to invent this thing because it's my idea. And then you Google it and it's already done or, the, or someone else is doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's, yeah. I didn't think anyone else would have thought of that. Like, but there's that river flowing over everyone's head and someone was able to reach up and grab it before you. Yeah. You know? Like Sarah, my girlfriend, invented um, wedges, right? Remember we were talking yeah. about this the other yeah. day? She, when she was in third grade and she's like, what about shoes with cork as the heel or whatever? And apparently they were made like, I don't know when they were made, but... Yeah. She didn't get it. Yeah. She didn't get cred, but, yeah. you know. Well, you know what I was saying is, like, she could still today probably make wedges, and that that would be filtered through her ex- life experience yeah, and yeah. her interpretation of wedges and still be cool and still be successful, mm-hmm. you know, because they would be her version. Oh, yeah. Not that she has to even try to make them different. It was just... Right. And that's, like why there's so many different things of the same thing. Like, yeah, you we know? didn't invent painting. That's for fucking <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. No, like so many, th- like, you know, 
movies do like Hollywood does that a lot. Oh, they recycle the shit out of yeah. everything. Or they'll just like but two okay. movies will come out at the same time and they're basically the same movie, yeah. you know. But like they're like, no, but we're gonna do it a little different. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know that I mean that's a terrible example. There's so many other products and like right, services right. out there like Postmates, DoorDash. Yeah, you know, like yeah. there's all these different versions. So yeah, I think I think you can tap into that river, that fountain of creativity that just is always around and bring it down and bring it through you and show it to the world through your lens. And how do you, are the, is there anything that you do to get more tapped in? Like what, what kind of routines or rituals do you have before painting that get you in the you mean f- other than smoking weed? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, okay, there you have it. All right. uh, I'm done. Can I leave? And, uh, Can we get, are we thanks done? for coming to another <laughs> RTAF podcast. Smoke pot. I'm gone. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think um, I don't have a like a, a set routine that sure. I strictly follow. Mm-hmm. Like you, you said this earlier when we were talking about how good you are with conversation. You like people. Mm-hmm. I genuinely like people. Mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert. I just love like talking to people. Yeah. Or even observing them as like a people watcher, like just well, that's creepy. People go ahead. I'm definitely the fly on the wall sometimes, <laughs> no, and that's probably my weird introverted arts artist self. Like, don't feel like talking to anyone, but I still want to be out. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sit at I'll home and not shop. talk. I want to go out and not talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. I've done that so many times, and I just bring a sketch pad or my notebook. And I used to write a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. I still write every once in a while, but for you patrons out there, I'm still writing. Just know that. Oh yeah. Oh shit. We didn't even talk about that. Oh um, yeah. The plug. Can we can we jump to the fact that you're making a graphic novel? Sure. Did I answer that question though? Do you want me oh, to no, sorry, wrap keep that going. up? Your routine. Yeah. Wrap okay, it up. Yeah. Okay. So um, finding inspiration, I think, is like there's definitely like the creative block, right? Yeah. And everyone experiences that. Yeah. And it could be caused by you're just having a bad day. Work was tough. Yeah. Your relationship's not going well. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when I'm experiencing uh, something crappy, it makes me mm-hmm. want to paint more. Mm. Sometimes when life's going really well and everything's really easy, I don't want to paint. You're just like, ah. I'm like, ah, I don't I've, feel I've like. Made it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's great right now. I don't feel like painting. So do you feel, do you feel like uh, in some way like your demons feel you? I feel like when I'm sad, I make some of my best work. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think it's... It, it, for me, I just sponge up as much as much as I can, whether it's conversation, people watching, looking at artstation.com and looking at some of my favorite artists and what they're up to, mm-hmm. watching a movie. Like, take that time to binge watch Game of Thrones. Just do it. Don't feel bad about it. Just do it. Enjoy <laughs> it. Soak it up. Yeah. Eat the ice cream. Do the thing, you know? Yeah. And then you will probably come out of that ready to paint ready yeah. to go you know like i don't think it's good to feel bad about oh, i haven't painted in so long i don't feel like painting like don't let it linger for like a month but like right. definitely indulge read a book like to go go for a hike hang out with that person you haven't seen in a while yeah you know? just take that time to experience life and and be present and then i think inspiration finds you you know as opposed to you finding it yeah you know nice so this graphic novel right right um that's pretty epic if you ask me i had you know maybe in like 2015 i was like oh i should write a graphic novel and i started like writing stuff down and then i realized that it was basically just um it was like 
more or less the plot of like some things that I had seen, including Harry Potter mixed with like uh, a graffiti crew. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And what was it? You know, I didn't, oh. I didn't title it or anything. Oh, okay. I wrote, for, I wrote for about maybe four or five days and then I showed it to someone and they're like, oh, that's like Harry Potter. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but it's my version of Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Larry Snodder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, that's tell cool. Us, tell me about your graphic novel, because um, I don't want to make this all about me, because I always do that. Nah, this is your show, <laughs> I think, it's, and you do a great job, so that's, I'm glad that you wrote You tried mm, to write a graphic novel. really good. Like, mm, great compliment. Eating the goodness. It's kind of a spicy one. Yeah, it's hot, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a two. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm writing a graphic novel, and honestly, it started during my dark days in L.A. when I was going through all that crap. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think something I'm, I'm inspired by is the whole escapism thing. Mm-hmm. Um, probably been fascinated with escapism since I was a kid, um, but like I wanted to write a story about it and what it would, the lessons one learns through escaping things that they're afraid of or don't want to face or chasing that ideal home or setting or lifestyle Mm -hmm. and um just running you know yeah and i felt like i did that a lot in my early years i was chasing things and especially in la i was you know experiencing a lot of escapism um and not that it's all bad, like escape, escapism is awesome. <laughs> like that's why we read and watch movies, right. you know, like to get away from all the crap sometimes mm-hmm. and we come back and bring whatever we were inspired by back into the crap and make it less crappier. So I love escapism. So I wanted to write a book about it and it's called Space Loungers. And um, in short, it's about a guy that takes for granted what he has at his home and leaves um, to to chase a dream that he th- chase a place he thinks is better, um, but on the way life happens, things that are unexpected happen. Yeah, and um, his escapism actually then becomes a mission, and then he has to like actually take responsibility and be accountable for things. And through his journey, he realizes the things that he had started off with in his home, and how he misses them and wants to go back. Yeah, and so. I guess it's in a way it's like a story of my life, <laughs> but um, wow, yeah, it's kind of weird. But um, it's a lot more sci-fi and has aliens. <laughs> so, I mean, the um, guy's name is Logan, but right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Logan Balden. Yeah, uh, uh, he's bald. <laughs> See how creative but I am. But that's cool, man. Like, uh, you know, art imitates life, right? Yeah, write what you know. Yeah, as they say. Exactly. Um, but to be more specific, it's a place, it's a, a fictional planet that is divided, and there's one part of the planet that um, is all about the mankind's uh, potential mm-hmm. through technology and intelligence and um, advancing culture um, to a place where they don't care about the planet or the well-being of the planet, and they're just trying to constantly push the limits of mankind, which I love like i'm a big elon musk fan like i know some people recently with the whole 
brain microchip thing probably aren't anymore. Mm. And I st- I'm kind of like, what's what are you doing? Are you <laughs> are you Tony Stark or are you some evil scientist? I don't understand. But still, like I love that part of the human experience of like, what can we achieve? We are not animals. We are something yeah, yeah. way different. Like we can do a lot. So I love that. But the other part of this uh, continent that my character is on is it's called the East. You ever heard of the East? Mm. There's a West and a North. He's I've from heard the of East. West and North. He's from a place called the East. Okay, What's which that is like? on the other side of West. Oh, opposite. Oh, got it. Okay. So if you just no, turn no. 180, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he's over there, and um, he lives in, in a part of the world that there was a treaty signed 200 years ago in the story that the West and the East stay away from each other, and there's this huge desolate land in between the two no man's land no man's land burning man burning man Man land and a lot of that a lot of that environment is is inspired by burning nice yeah because he ends up running into some some scenarios where the environment is inspired by some of my experiences at burning man that's cool um but anyways he's all his his village and that part of the world are all anti-tech and and it's called west tech is like what all the technologies call because it's from the West. Mm-hmm. So they're anti-West tech. And so yeah. anything that uses a resource that the, the earth had to be damaged or like it, the environment was compromised, they're totally against it. So they're very all about like using gardens and like using reusable energy. Yeah. But they're also tapped into their spiritual selves and they have their chakras aligned. They can meditate and levitate a little bit. His My main character's girlfriend can actually levitate. She's like high up on the spiritual totem, you yeah, know. Yeah, so there's still like a hierarchy. There's still a hierarchy, okay. yeah, for okay. sure. There's still those like things in society that we all like curmudgeon about. Yeah. You know, but in like a, in an environment where everyone's trying to be woke. And yeah, my yeah. character hates it. <laughs> like, yeah. he doesn't get the whole like meditating and sitting around for hours doing nothing thing. He gets bored. And he's never understood it, and he hates doing all of his village duties, and he dreams of escaping and crossing the Deadlands to the west to go see the city of Fasir, which is the name of the city in the west that has the capital. And they're said to be the world's first space elevator in the city of Fasir, and it reaches past the clouds, and it will be mankind's first step into the cosmos, which is our final frontier. For to to start exploring space, mm-hmm. and so my main character wants that so badly. He wants to go there, and he wants to see hover hovercrafts. He wants to listen to the electronic music because they just play djembes and didgeridoos. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. So he's like, they got electricity over there. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So he dreams of these things, and he um he ends up. Um, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm, I'm not giving all this away, no spoilers. But, so like, that's the setup, right? Yeah, yeah. So he leaves that and then has to, he ends up getting the full like duality lesson of like what life is like yeah. on either end of the spectrum. Right. But long story short, he ends up being blasted into space and not knowing how to get back. Oh, wow. Um, and he has to figure it out. So nice. And the story continues from there. That's dope. Where can people find that? Uh, Patreon Space Loungers, which I think I just changed to Patreon Logan Walden Art. Okay. Um, okay. Try either one. You'll yeah. probably find me, Space Loungers I'll, or Logan uh, we'll Walden Art. We'll find the correct one after this, and I'll put it in the description Okay. links and stuff. I'm, I apologize for any of my patrons that are wondering why I haven't posted in a while. Mm. Um, commissions and life has been busy, but 
thanks for sticking with me. I am still working on this story and it's a huge passion for me and I'm, I'm determined to make it happen. So your support definitely helps provide me a way to do that. Yeah. And it, I it's, think you're doing great. It's, it's hard to be, you know, living off your art and stuff. So it is. Sometimes like opportunities or deadlines come up that where you have to sort of push other things to the side for a second and just get it done. Mm hmm. And then, you gotta make that money, you know. Yeah, you pay those bills. Yep, yep. Um, I'm really bad at writing endings, but um, I I think this is a good place to stop. Is <laughs> <laughs> that good? Yeah, we'll both just get dragged off with yeah. those comically long Ring the canes. Gong, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me, though, man. Yeah, dude, it's, fun. it's been awesome. This is a great podcast, and um. Yeah, I'm glad you're here staying with me and we're working on this collab and everybody stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm sure we'll, hopefully we'll be able to drop it by Monday. Sweet, that's my birthday. Same day as the day the podcast comes out. It's not, Monday's it's not my birthday. Like, Wait. It's not. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, happy birthday and um, thank you. Yeah, tell people where they can find you. Give us uh, some Instagram handles, websites. Yeah, um, Instagram is Logan Walden Art. Website is loganwaldenart.com. Facebook is Logan Walden Art. My Patreon is Logan Walden Art. Nice. And my art station page is Logan Walden Art. Very nice. So check it out. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Logan, again for coming in. Thank that you. Was really funny and really fun. And uh, <laughs> I'll see you in uh, two minutes over there. All right. See All right. you then. Peace. Thank you again for listening to another episode of RTAF Podcast. If you are interested in supporting the Patreon, that address is patreon.com slash RTAF Podcast. And I want to thank all my patrons. You guys keep this engine running. I couldn't do it without you. Go over there and check out the tiers I have available. It includes video, uh, guest suggestions, uh, patron-only posts, and some merchandise. Thank you again for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Do all those little things that help get RTAF into the consciousness of more and more people. Shout out.